right. Oh, we have one person watching. Is that? That might be me. That oh, might be me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So welcome to Pardon Me, Alex. This is our first live broadcast. So far, again, we just have the one person, which is Kyle, but that's okay. Um, my name is Alex. If you haven't listened or heard of us before, I am the Alex part of the Pardon Me, Alex part of the podcast. And my fearless leader and partner in crime, Jacqueline, is over there to my, well, my right, probably someone else's left. Um, so welcome. This is our, oh, someone else is watching too. This is great. Okay. So, oh, there's already one comment. Well, oh, yeah. Longhorn Dave is here. Longhorn Dave is here. This is wild. Okay. I don't know. Our number one fan. Oh my God. Hey, Longhorn. Okay. Oh my God. There's someone else here. Okay. I'm going to, I need to stop looking at the, at the tally because it's going to get very, very distracting. So first live broadcast, there's going to be a lot of new things and different things going on during this podcast. But first of all, we wanted to um, introduce our two guests. So first of all, we have Daryl and Kyle. Uh, Y'all can both introduce yourselves and kind of tell us a little bit about you. Daryl, you go ahead. All right, boss. Um, I'm Daryl Trujillo. I am the Inland Sports Show senior writer. I cover California Baptist University uh, in all sports across the WAC. Um, and I'm also a contributor to WAC Hoops Digest. And I'm Kyle. I am the editor-in-chief of WAC Hoops Digest. Uh, been doing it for about two years now and loving every minute of it. So, yeah. Well, we're really glad to have y'all. Daryl's a returning guest for us. If y'all remember mm -hmm. the, the first episode that we did after we joined the WAC, we had we had Daryl on. So really thankful that he joined us again and he brought Kyle on. So yeah. you know, extra WAC input. Yeah, this is going to be great. I'm really excited. I, I can't wait for us to talk uh, WAC hoop sports and, and just all WAC sports really in general. But we're going to focus mainly on, obviously, the hoops because that's kind of like what we all – you know, do and really focus our time on. But um, so the first thing we kind of wanted to discuss and kind of chit chat about, I think, was the proposed conference schedules, wasn't it? So um, not sure how you guys want to do this. I have it pulled up on my phone and my my screen here. I think I think now don't, you know, uh, hold this to me, but I think I can share my screen and maybe I'm not sure. Let me see. I here. love, can I just say, I love the ticker timeline at the bottom. You're welcome. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So like, I, can, I can add banners. This is wild. I know I can add anything I want on these banners down here at the bottom. Alex, we hold everything to you. Jesus. God. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Daryl, we never had this on the restream. I don't think I had that option. So I may have to look at StreamYard. No, restream doesn't let me do that. Fantastic. Yeah. I know. I didn't know anything about this until one of our friends, actually Sean Clinch, who has his own podcast. Um, and I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head. I'm sure Jacqueline may know, or she can check it up and look it up. Fact checking. Um, but he told, me about this, he told me about this, this program. And I was like, um, why haven't we heard of this before? And why aren't we using this? Um, oh my God. Longhorn Dave is cracking me up. These girls are advanced. <laughs> I, I am not advanced at all. This is like new, new stuff for me. I can also change the banner to uh, say this too. Welcome to Wack After Dark. Should have remembered this. Stories inside the man cave. 
Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. So Sean Clint, she has a podcast stories. Yeah. It's a great podcast. It's a great shout out to our, our friend, Sean Clinch. He used to be our local uh, sportscaster on our local TV station and Mac. So now he's moved on up. He lives in Austin, does all the fancy sports things there, but anyhow. So yeah, thanks, Sean. We're trying it out. We're figuring it out. We are figuring it out. So I think I can share it. Boom. There you go. Is it up there? Yep. It is up there. Oh, sweet. Okay. So, now we can chit chat about it and we can all see it at the same time. And hopefully whoever is watching can also see it as well. So that kind of just works. Um, so how do we want to do this? Do you want to start with, you know, let's, let's point out first off, I figured it out travel partners. So Chicago state's the only one without a travel partner. Go figure. Um, uh-huh. It's going to be, it's going to be Utah Valley and, I guess I'll call them Utah Tech now. I don't, you know, oh. the other word. They're changing their name, obviously. Um, Abilene Christian and Tarleton State are going to be travel partners. Seattle, California Baptist, uh, Grand Canyon, New Mexico State, and Stephen F. Austin. Steve, SF. Okay, let's clear this up right now. Is it Stephen F. Austin? Is it SFA? Is it Stephen F. Austin State? I mean, come on. Let's 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 clear this up right now. Stephen okay. F. Or SFA, but yeah. never, never, never SF Austin. Never, never. never. If anyone, I, I mean, we will go to, I will put up the fist for this if I ever, seriously, because we hate when people call us SF Austin. Hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. It's not, it's SFA. How hard is it to put SFA ESPN? How hard? I mean. And they still call Utah Valley, Utah Valley State. So that doesn't make don't feel bad. Sense. Then it doesn't make any sense. So I guess real quick, Kyle, for the all of us noobs for the WAC, um, which there's technically us, the, obviously the Texas Four um, are the, the new the new news to the to the conference. What is a travel partner? We don't, I don't, we've never had this before. So what is a travel partner? So I mean, you look at the schedule here, right? Okay. Um, you see Abilene Christian Tarleton right there next to each other. So yeah. BCU will play at UVU on let what is that a Thursday night? Tarleton right. will play at Dixie that Thursday night, and then they'll swap. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, it, yeah. it, you know, we were talking about how you know, so there's a question about travel and stuff. That's what it'll kind of. I don't want to say it'll cut down on, but it makes it easier to schedule that way, because okay. then you just swap teams. You know, uh, who was it? Steven at. Stephen F. Austin and Sam Houston will do the same thing. When they go places or when they host somebody, the two teams that they host on Thursday night will just swap places. So it makes it easier on the schedule. Like That's what they used to do back in the old whack with BYU, Utah, when it was a big league back then. So mm -hmm. I think it made it a lot easier for scheduling with the WAC, you know, this year with the new teams. Okay. Yeah, okay, so that makes, that not makes those two road games at once that are close together. Say that one more time. Sorry. So you knock out those two road games like back to back that are close in proximity. Yeah, I mean it's it's just easier on the travel because I mean it it just actually I don't even know if it's easier on the travel because you're gonna have to travel to play anyways. So 
I just think make scheduling purposes easier because then you have two teams going to another two teams and mm-hmm. it just you know flip flops. So you don't have to worry about well, Utah Valley is going to go to Dixie State and then they're going to go to Grand Canyon. Then you know two nights later, like this just makes it easier so that uh, for those in the WAC they're scheduling the games. But okay. I don't think it impacts the travel at all because, I mean, they still have to travel to St. George or Orem or uh, Phoenix or Riverside, you know. So there's just – it's still going to be a lot of travel. Mm-hmm. But it, the scheduling-wise, it makes it easier. Okay. See, yeah. this makes so much more sense now that you're explaining it. I mean, again, because whenever we were in the Southland, they didn't do things like this. So, I mean – this just it just seems more organized which we've already heard rumors through the people that we know in our athletics department it's not even called a rumor that like within the first month or first week that they've been in the WAC officially it's been way more organized more than the Southland has ever been and I'm just like thank god fathers and holy ghost like thank god um so Sean had a quick question he said so Thursday night game instead of Wednesday night great if so and it looks like, yeah, they're Thursday nights. Yeah, yeah just because – so remember, I don't know how it was in the Southland last year, but in the WAC, they played back-to-back games, you know, both teams uh, – like Utah Valley went to Grand Canyon, played Friday night, and then played Grand Canyon Saturday night. Yeah. We're so have- happy they're doing away with that now um, because you get to see more teams, more – I don't know. I, I like the adjustments on the fly, but, like, I also like – adjusting for another team instead of the same team two nights in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they'll have, they'll play the game Thursday. Friday will be a travel day. Then Saturday night they'll play, you know, the other game. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I like it. It's back to an original schedule that we had in the WAC before COVID. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. I think the Thursday Saturday is good because I wouldn't want to play two days in a row. And in the Southland, we had Wednesday night games, which in the Bible belt, that's kind of difficult because a lot of people are going to church and whatnot on Wednesday nights. And just, we felt like the fan turnout wasn't as good as it could have been. So this just hurts my heart because on Thursdays, that's my trivia night. So what the hell am I supposed to do now? That is well. I mean, you work here now, so you can tell them to change it. <laughs> I know. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I guess I could put forth that idea, but I don't know if they'll change it just for my ass. But you never know. Night should be trivia night. So the one thing I hope to see with this new whack, as far as scheduling, it used to be back in the day that they had a Saturday game and a Monday game. Like there would be a a whack game on Big Monday on ESPN. <laughs> I don't know if that'll you know be able to happen, but that would be great to have a marquee whack game on ESPN after dark or whatever on a big Monday. Um, those mm-hmm. were some those were some intense games, and it would be great for the conference. But I don't know if that'll happen. Maybe down the road, but getting back to being on Big Monday that would be huge. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. I know first world problems. Long <laughs> is just on my ass tonight. I know, I know. I'm so y'all just to let y'all know by the the handle there, Longhorn Dave, like this follower of ours is not even an SFA alum. No. No, no connection to SFA at all. None. The only connection this man has to SFA is through Jacqueline and I, and it was because I met him on Twitter because we're both Astros fans. This is how I know Longhorn Dave. He's a Ooh. Longhorn fan. 
I don't know if I can be on this podcast the rest of the night. Actually, it's not as bad as being a Cardinals fan or a Dodger fan. So thank you. Okay, cheers to that, guys. Think. Come on, come on. Um, so yeah, I mean this this schedule. I was looking at it earlier because whenever Daryl found it again from Catfans.com, which thanks Catfans.com. I don't know if you're watching or paying attention. Oh, they are because a minute ago they tweeted and said, uh, "Stephen F A question mark." I will. I will. Whoever that is, I don't know who runs that Twitter. But <laughs> they're, they're pretty clever. I'll give it to them. I'll, now, forgive I'll forgive Daryl because it seems like he keeps yeah. having some technical difficulties because I don't yeah. see him in there still. I know I keep, he keeps he keeps getting in and then out. I keep having to re-add him to the stream. I don't know. Poor boy has has a uh, technological difficulties constantly. Okay. So Cat Fan said that the Southland did have travel partners in several sports. Okay, but did they have obviously not in basketball, did they? I mean, it didn't feel like it. I don't know. Cat fans to get on the stream and put the questions here for God so I we we can see them. I can't see the tweets. They probably had it in other sports because there might have been more teams to be able to do that with. Because mm -hmm. uh, you know that a lot of times they're they're they have sponsored team sponsored sports like teams come into just playing the Southland for mm -hmm. baseball or soccer. We have that in the whack with all the other sports. So that could have been a, a difference with regards to the other sports doing that or being able to do that. Because if you don't if you have an odd number of teams, I mean, forgive me, Chicago State, but the WAC has an even number of teams that they're able to do that mm -hmm. where they're all in kind of close relations to each other. Um so it made it easier for basketball, but I don't know if they could do it for the other sports just because there's so many other teams um, in different locations. So, gotcha. uh, it, yeah, it's just interesting how schedules work out that way. That's very true. Um, so, yeah, I was checking out, of course, the SFA schedule, the proposed. Again, this isn't a done deal solidifier, um, but it looks like, yeah, that us and Bear, the Bearcats, boo, are going to be travel partners, um, okay. what it kind of looks like there. Um, and, you know, our first game in conference right off the bat is going to be, you know, at home versus UT Rio Grande Valley, which I'm excited about. Um, and then we have a home game, I mean, again, allegedly, versus uh, Grand Canyon and New Mexico State, like back to back. So is it set up? I'm trying to remember if I saw it right. Is it set up to play each team twice? So I think – what I someone told me this last night at our purple lights event that we play each game each team twice except for well, within our division we play each team twice yeah and then each season I think we would play like two or three of the teams in the other division it looks like the only team you guys don't play twice is California Baptist yeah, I was like I was just saying CBU we only play them one time and that's at California Baptist yeah. um, Mm -hmm. And then let's see here. We play, yeah, at Tarleton. Oh, you know what? Tar Tarleton, too. We only played Tarleton one time. Yeah, because there's two buys yeah. for every team. Okay, that makes sense. I, okay. I'm interested to, I guess I don't understand why they, I mean, they had to make the buys because Chicago State's an odd number. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Um, oh my God. Okay. First of all, I got to show Corey's comment. Yo, this is going to be lit. Hi, Corey. Love you, man. Corey is a, like, I've known Corey 
since freshman year of college. So since 2007, we used to go on road travel football games together on the bus. So I've known him for longer than I've known Jacqueline. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. And I love him. And he just got a new job at SFA working in the, like, he's like the concessions dude. He's it. Um, so I'm excited for all the cool uh, food we're going to have now. Cause Corey knows. It, yeah. Knows stuff. yeah. Um, and then this comment by Longhorn Dave, I can't do travel partners have to travel on the same plane. That's not going to work for Alex. And Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's a nice thought, but yeah, that's not going to happen. No, that's not. Gonna I don't care. Could you imagine if you had the freaking lumberjacks and the Bearcats on the same plane? No, not even a little bit. That would be an absolute train wreck, but we're on a plane, but you get the point. Um, yeah, that would be bad. So yeah, I mean, very, very interesting schedule. I like it. I'm very excited. I mean, I'm just excited in general. I know Jacqueline is too. I know she kind of shares probably the same, um, the same thoughts on this, but we're just excited to have new, a new challenge, like having new, um, having a new rivalry potentially with different schools in our division now, having all these new teams that we're playing against, new opportunities, new challenges. Like it's, I'm so excited for that part. Um, oh my God, our favorite dude is on, Brian Dawson. Can, <laughs> can we talk about WAC conference tournament plans? Cause Vegas. We can't yeah. talk about that. We haven't even gotten to the season yet, dude. Calm <laughs> down. Wait, Dawson, we will get there. We'll get there. We. I will say, though, y'all have had the WAC Vegas for a while. Like, you have to understand, Kyle, that we're going from Katy, Texas <laughs> to Vegas. Yeah. For us little Southland people, this is, like, the craziest upgrade in the world. So, yeah. It really is. And – like, don't get me wrong, Katie was super convenient for us. Yes. It's only like a two-hour drive. We just hop in the car and drive down there. Yeah. Um, so even if we weren't going to stay for the whole tournament, I mean, you could pop down there for a game and then come back to NAC and go back. But, um, I mean, Vegas, that's just going to be a whole new, like, actual experience. So. Yeah, it's fun. I We're ready. We're not sure, but we'll see. Only yeah. one way to find out. <laughs> Says, do they allow prisoners? <laughs> okay, Kyle, welcome to welcome to this because literally that's all. I mean, we since they live they're in Huntsville, so it's obviously the big state penitentiary in Huntsville, and so that's all we that's all we throw at them. Is the fact <laughs> I mean, if any, I'm gonna, try and stay, I'm gonna try and stay neutral here, guys. So that's <laughs> my job is to stay know. neutral. That's a that's a smart move. It oh, very much stay neutral. I'm just letting you know that if you see this, this is this is where this is coming from. Um, Cat fans also just tweeted. I don't know if anybody saw this, but SFA is playing Chicago State twice while the rest of the Texas Four avoid it. They took one for the team. Yeah, I was gonna. I was. You know how. You know how mad, like, uh, uh, New Mexico State or Grand Canyon or who, Sam Houston State will be. If they're all in contention for the WAC regular season title and it comes down to that one extra game against Chicago State that SFA has, mm. like that will – if Daryl was on, we talk about what happened with the Grand Canyon women last, last year. Yeah. Because it's just like – do you know how upset people around the WAC will be if SFA wins the regular season title 
because they got to play Chicago State twice, and maybe those other teams didn't. I, I, I'm all for you guys. You'll be ecstatic, but I'm just saying. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, again, but we kind of understand this a little bit, Kyle, because this happened a lot in the Southland, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, the fact that it came down to, you know, the tiebreaker between the, t the teams, like who did they play? How many times did they play them? Like it happened all the time. Um, oh, hold on. Uh, Dennis is here, loyal fan. Hey, Dennis. Hey, Dennis. Longhorn, Dave is pissed. It's not in Katie. He wants a refund. Um, Dennis <laughs> Vegas. Yes. Brian says neutral. That's what the parole board says. <laughs> um, I love this. I love it so much. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We got one more. How is the officiating in the whack? I don't know. That's a question. I know how sick I get of talking about officiating, but uh, good question. Um, some nights it's good, some nights it's bad. So typical. That's all. You know, I mean, it, it's. I don't know why people think it's going to be different. It, it's Every just. It's great is. I mean, whether it's little dribblers or NBA, like sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. It's totally subjective to who you're going for and what you well, want. Well, if you get a, if you get a crew that doesn't I don't want to say this. There are some crews that have that one guy that want to make it all about them. Mm. Uh, it does, it does, the it does So yeah. I mean it happens in the whack. Not not all that frequent, but I mean it's just officiating's tough. I mean mm. it, it it's hard because the game yeah. changes so quickly that they have to adjust and um I I, I don't know how bad it was in the Southland. You know, everybody from the Southland will say it was horrible. Well, but on some nights in the whack, it's horrible as well. So uh, it's just, yeah, I don't, I'm not saying be patient with officials, but like you, I sit on press row and I watch games. I'm like, these are, these are awful officials, you know, sometimes. And yeah, but you just have to adjust and yeah, you know, fans hate being in that situation. So, and I agree with Sean. He's like, he just wants consistency and that's, that's all that we all want, honestly, in basket and in any sport. We just want consistency across the board in calling. I mean, I think that's a pretty easy ask, right? But I feel like sometimes, like you said, Kyle, some people, some of those officials just want to make it about them. And um, it's honestly a little sad and it's a little disheartening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's got to be better than the Southland. I mean, it can't be worse. I mean, that's true. I mean, but to be fair, it could always be worse, but. You never know. You never know until you experience it. So that's true. So we'll, you know what? We'll come back to that question at the end of this first. <laughs> we'll bookmark that one. Yeah. Daryl's we'll tweeting while he's having trouble getting into uh, the podcast, everybody. So yeah, I know. Daryl said he texted me, said he can't get a stable signal. Come on. That's because you're, I mean, that's that like California crap. I'm telling you. Well, yeah, let's get into the whole California thing. <laughs> Lots of thoughts there. Oh my God. Uh, Sean, we're asking for way too much. Dennis, do you think that New Mexico State fans or GCU fans have an understanding of how important basketball is at SFA? Um, let me throw that back. Let me turn that around. Do you think SFA fans and Sam Houston State fans have an understanding of how important basketball is at New Mexico State and Grand Canyon? We know. Yeah, we do. But the general fan, probably not. Yeah. Probably no, not. Think, think about that. Like GCU invests so much money into their basketball program because that's their, I don't want to say that's their like staple. Like that's what they're known for. 
mm-hmm. besides the money situation. And New Mexico State, I mean, they're not good at football. So basketball is like their go-to to put them on the map. So this is right. true. I this mean, is true. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I again, like I said, Jacqueline and I both understand how important it is to these institutions because you're right. Like that's pretty much that's what they have. Like that's it. Um, so I mean, Dennis totally agree that uh, that uh, that basketball is critical to SFA and some Houston, and like we take it very, especially at SFA, like we take it very seriously just because of how well we've been doing in recent years. I mean, I remember going back to like 2007, 2008, we had like decent fans and stuff like that attendance, but it wasn't as much as it was now or as much as it is now. So um, yeah, I, I honestly, I've, I want, I this is like a big wish, like shoot for the stars kind of wish that our student section, maybe one day we'll get there, could be, you know, the GCU like caliber, fan section like we have the numbers like we can easily do it um it's just for some reason a handful show up and then the rest show up for the free shirt and then they leave and i'm like how do we get them but in seat stay the whole time um i finally got back in but now it looks like everybody else is dropping out is it wonder if it's my signal it's probably your signal but i can hear you at least we see you and hear you daryl Maybe yeah. just turn off your camera and just talk. I don't know if that would help. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so. so since we have all those fan questions coming in, do Let's we want to? I like these fan questions. Like, that's great. Yeah, I was going to say, do we want to just jump to the um, fan questions that we already have and see if more kind of trickle in off of those? Uh, Longhorn Dave says, when the T's start flying, that's when you know it's bad. Yeah. Um, well, I don't see a lot of technicals, though. In the whack, I don't see a lot of technicals on coaches. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe you haven't met Coach Keller and Jason Hooten yet. <laughs> we had well, we had Dan Marley, we have Chris Jans, uh, we had Billy Domlin, um, we had Mark Pope, who was all over the. I mean, and Mark Madsen's getting a little bit more feisty with with officials too. So, mm-hmm. I, I think who, who was it was a uh, Rick Croy got a technical in the WAC tournament last year. From CBU, so it's there, but I don't see him. It's very infrequent. Yeah, which is good to hear because I mean, again, I feel like every time we turned around, Coach Keller would get a T. <laughs> every time we turned around, and then you'd have again. I know Cat fans is listening, but they're not commenting on the thing. But I know they're listening, <laughs> because they're tweeting about us. Um, but every time I turned around. Friggin' Wooten's in the ref's face, like up to here, and no T. That anyway, consistency. Back to that. Hey, we, it we could be. It, I don't know if maybe you guys are too young. I don't know, but if you've ever seen Bull Durham, there was one word that got crash tossed from a game. I'm not gonna say it because it's not a it's not a good word, but uh, I've watched Bull Durham. Maybe, maybe a coach has that one word that gets him kicked out or gets him a technical. So you know it. Yeah. Just uh, yeah. Cat fan said clearly Wack Vegas is better than Merrill Madness. We can agree with part me, Alex there. And darn it, we can agree with her on the unbalanced BS we saw on the LC. Remember Colonel Rutley? I, oh, okay. He's asking that person. I was like, who's Colonel Rutley? I don't know who that is. Um, I have no idea who that is. Uh, let's see. We got another question here. To all three of y'all from Corey, what matchup are you most looking forward to? 
Uh, Corey, I'm not sure if you mean conference or non-con. I would say if it's non-con, definitely the Kansas game. I mean, for us. Yeah, definitely. I think you can probably ask for conference. Okay. Well, conference-wise, I would say definitely GCU or New Mexico State. I mean. Yeah, I agree. Easily. And the fact that it's back-to-back and those two are back-to-back at home for us, that's going to be. Yeah. We need literally, we need that place to be whited out, purpled out, the loud as we can get it. Um, yeah. yeah. Dennis says basketball at SFA has been pretty important since the 70s. The 90s were bad since Danny Casper. Oh, Danny, mustache Danny. Uh, we've been good, best fans in the S- uh, Southland Conference. Um, we do have the best fan turnout in the Southland I will say that. I will say that. Yeah. Although um, a bit exaggerated at some times. We do still have bigger numbers. I want to know why Longhorn Dave is giving me so much shit. Can we be sure Coach Keller's tees weren't because of Alex was mouthing off? No, but I mean, we, yeah, we do sit pretty close to the to the bench, but they haven't. They've never heard me mouth off. I don't. I, mean, I talked to the refs one time, but they didn't. They didn't do anything to us. I just told them to do better whenever I pass them going to the locker room. I know. And the fact that, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what will be the most intense new conference rivalry? Oh, God. That's a good question. I, I'm, I'm trying to think about that one. I, I personally, I think that Abilene Christian Tarleton State could turn into a good one because they're, I mean, they're right down the freeway from each other. So, yeah. That could turn into a good one. Um, I think so too. Uh, that Lamar UTRGV just because of the proximity again. I, I just I think when teams are in proximity to each other, mm-hmm. that's gonna make those even better. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it'll be. I mean, obviously the New Mexico whoever's whether it's New Mexico State or Grand Canyon, whoever is competing with. One of you know the Texas schools for that conference championship. That'll be a rivalry for that season, or it could, if it's consistently all you know every year, mm-hmm. those will turn into rivalries. But just the ones with the new school with Abilene Christian and Lamar being in such close proximity to Tarleton and UTRGB, I could see those two turning into huge. Because let us, I don't want to, I don't want to play down UTRGV or Lamar or Tarleton, but. Right now, they're not going to be at the top of the whack. So they're competing potentially um, if they size down the whack tournament to where only eight teams get to go. You know, they're fighting for that spot to get to go to the whack Vegas. And those rivalry games could turn into be, I mean, very, very important. So those two, I kind of think, are going to stand out to me right now. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I agree as well. I mean, proximity is huge. I, I mean, because again, let's just break it down. I mean, I'm not sure, Kyle, how familiar with our, with our, you know, East Texas, but I mean, we're about an hour and a half or less from Huntsville. I mean, it's that, it, that's what makes it great, though. I mean, you guys are always mm-hmm. competing for a championship, and it, you're that close. I mean, that it just, there's so much pride there, absolutely, for the community, for the school, that it makes that rivalry like. I know that GCU and New Mexico, GCU says it's a rivalry in New Mexico State. New Mexico State says it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, and they go back and forth with each other. That's a rivalry to me. 
Yeah. When you are bashing each other left and right, that's a rivalry. I agree. Now that that Grand Canyon's won the whack, that adds fuel to that fire. You know, it's just like uh, Dixie State, Utah Tech, whatever you want to call them now, and Utah Valley, right (laughs) down the road from each other. Yeah. They were JUCOs together. I mean, it's just when when the Burns Arena can be full, when the UCCU Center can have fans – like those places are going to be rocking when those two teams meet, and that's what you want. Uh, yeah, I agree. I really think that from the SFA standpoint, obviously Sam Houston always going to be our rival. I mean, again, as much as we talk crap to Sam Houston, I'm very happy that they're with us in the Texas Fort, leaving and moving, and now we're in our new home. Because um, I think it would be absolutely just wild not to have them with us, playing right. with us. It would just it would be wild because I mean we're already losing kind of. The rivalry with Natchitoches, you know, a little bit. I mean, we're still going to try and play them in non-conference games, uh, which is Natchitoches Northwestern, um, you know. But, I mean, it it's kind of just kind of going to lose its luster just a little bit because of the fact that we're not playing them for any, like, real other than Chief Caddo. But who knows if that's even going to be, like, a thing anymore. I don't know. Um, right. Yeah, so I think from the SFA standpoint, I, mean, I don't know if Jacqueline has a different one, but I think that for sure – Tarleton and ACU are going to step up and start being kind of like our second kind of main rival a little bit, especially in our division. Um, I think so. Yeah. You know, we already have a little bit of a rivalry with, um, with ACU, I think. So, oh my God, Jacqueline's cat. I can't. Literally he's like trying to steal the show y'all. He is trying to steal. You are, he is trying to steal the show. Um, So intent, let's see. (laughs) Dennis, what are expectations for Dixie State? Well, now, obviously, name change. But, yeah, Dixie State next season. Um, good question. I think they're they're loaded, to be honest with you. Mm. Uh, they returned four or five starters. They just got Colby Lee, who transferred in from BYU. Um, you know, Cameron Gooden, Frank Stain, uh, Hunter Schofield, uh, Isaiah Pope. And they brought in – and they got a – Another, uh, he was a true freshman last year, Andrew Andre Mula Bea, I believe is how they say it. <laughs> Athletic, yeah. strong, can shoot the lights out. Um, I, I think Dixie's going to be a tough out. Uh, Utah Tech, excuse me. Um, I, I, John Judkins is the most, is the winningest coach in U, in the state of Utah, I believe. Uh, so. Yeah, I, I like I like Dixie State next year. I not that I don't I don't think they're gonna win the whack, but mm. they're gonna they're gonna hurt some people's chances of winning the whack. Let's put it that way. So you think they're gonna be kind of like the uh the um oh, what the what? The, the spoiler. The spoiler, yeah. I was like, why can't I think of that? Spoiler. Yeah, like Lamar, they never win, but they like get in everyone else's way. Well, yeah. I mean they beat you know who that me. is and you know who that was in the Southland that was always like Texas A&M Corpus Christi or like, you know, or Lamar, like they're really good. They're decent enough to get into the conference tournament. You know, they're good enough. And then, but you don't expect them to win anything, but they F up everybody else. Like they play just hard enough. Yes. Every year Lamar could be literally dead last in the league, dead last or, or Corpus Christi A&M, any of them. And they would absolutely play us. To the nail, tough as nails the whole best, time. Best game they played in like years. They're gonna play, and we playing out there like absolute dog crap. So yeah. I mean, yeah, I can I totally understand that. I 
That's a really good question. Valley. I mean, Dixie State came up and mm-hmm. split with them in Orem, and that one game wow. cost Utah Valley the outright regular season title. Yeah. So, I mean, but I, I don't think it's just going to be a spoiler. I think they're going to surprise people mm. and finish probably higher than where I have them projected. I just think that they have a lot of experience and they have a lot of guys that know the system. And – you know, there's a lot of chemistry there. So, yeah. And honestly, that's, we've seen, we've seen the difference, especially like in our team, what can chemistry can do to it, to a team either can make or break it. Yeah. If you have it, you're clicking on all cylinders and it's, it's a thing of beauty. And then when you don't have it, it's absolute train wreck. And we've seen both on recently on our team and it's a huge difference. Um, especially if you know how they are in that locker room, if they're not getting along, then it's, yeah. it's not going to go well on the court it's at all. It's going to translate onto the court big time. Oh, for sure. Um, I love this question. Corey wants to know which venues have beer delivery. I know which venue definitely has beer delivery. Woo! Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I think we lost Alex. Did she leave? I bet she accidentally clicked off on something. So anyway, I'll I'll continue going until she gets back in here. Do you know off the top of your head? Here she comes. I clicked myself out because I <laughs> cheers the screen too hard and it I knew you did that. Okay. Kyle, which venues Woo! have three? Do you know? Um cheers too hard. Oh. Or just beer at all. It doesn't have to say- I, I haven't been to all of them, so I can't. I can't really say. I, I think that New Mexico State does because they, they're marketing like alcohol, like tequila, and their oh. athletic director Mario Mocha is oh. doing a great job. Like, wow, I don't know if I can do tequila at the game. I, I don't I know which one it is. I can't remember. Yeah. It just, but they're mar- So I would assume that they might have al- beer at at the Pan Am there. Maybe New Mexico State fans can who are watching can chime in on that. Um, yeah. I know Green Canyon doesn't. Utah Valley doesn't. Um, I don't. Oh, think Utah Valley. You mean I have to drive? Oh, you meant Utah Valley. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, Utah. Dixie State doesn't. I know that. Okay. Um, I don't think Seattle does. I think the the arenas that are like on campus. I don't mm-hmm. think any of them have that. At okay. Games. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Like I said, yeah. I haven't been to all of them, um, but it just seemed. I went to Seattle this year. They didn't. It wasn't a concession stand, but I'm assuming that they don't. Hmm. Uh, Grand Canyon, like I said, doesn't. Utah Valley doesn't. Dixie State doesn't. But I'm not sure about UTRGV. Maybe this is just like a southern thing because – well, and also it was – that was one of the pros about us traveling to like a a game in Louisiana because literally every stadium we went to in Louisiana had beer for sale, beer for sale, beer for sale. And we just started the whole beer for sale thing – not this past season, but the season before. Um, so, yeah. However, the trade-off for that was usually, <clears throat> and no shade here, it's just this is the way it is. Most of our Louisiana schools were the smaller schools. So their concession stands only took cash, and then they wouldn't have any ATMs in the building. They only had like three shitty food items to choose from. So I would just order a pizza and have it delivered to the to the Coliseum and go out and get it, bring it in. This is the best, the best story. But yeah, I mean, now we have all this beer, you know, at 
at SFA, we can have it delivered at like both football and basketball, which is fantastic. Um, and yeah, I did cheer too hard. A bunch of people are commenting and laughing on the feed saying, aha, Alex cheered too hard. She kicked herself out of the chat. I did. I cheered too hard. Um, so and yeah, like, I like one comment says um, that Matt ADK, Seattle's moving when they're going back to the new arena that's being built up there. They probably will because it's a, you know, a bigger, it's not on campus. Mm. So it's not like their own gym or whatever. So yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know about the other schools. So. Okay. Well, we shall see. Okay. Let's jump to some of the Twitter questions we got and then see if we can go back to the other ones. Yeah. I just want to say hi to John. He lives in Chicago, but he's an SFA alum and we love Dr. John. He's a doctor. He's a cardiologist. I bet he better be a Cubs fan. He, I think he is a Cubs fan. I don't know. A Cubs fan. And I bet he will go to the Chicago State game. So, oh, for sure, for sure. That, we'll have to you know what? Hopefully, for we can that, make it. For as like bad as that team, that program is, they have one of the better arenas in the WAC. Really? Really? Interesting. Really. Interesting. Yeah, Jones, interesting. The Jones Convocation Center is one of the best arenas in the WAC. So. If anybody gets a chance to go there before Chicago State leaves next year, you might want to take it. Yeah, I mean, this is our this is our chance. I know, um, Jack. Before you go to the Twitter, real quick, both Brian and Sean have a question for Kyle. Are you planning a trip to Nack soon to William R. Johnson? Um, to be determined. I'm going to try to. I. Uh, it's going to depend on a lot of things, but I'm going to try to to get out to at least. One game at every arena this year. Um, mm-hmm. I know I've got the guys at California Baptist tell me that whenever I come down, you know, they'll treat me like a king. And like I said, me and Tyler Creer, who's on his uh, LDS church mission right now, he went with me to Seattle last year um, during COVID. So that was kind of crazy. Uh, been to Phoenix. Um and I tried to get to Dixie State last year, but every time I tried, there was some kind of positive test that canceled their game or their series or mm. told uh, Steve Johnson, who's the SID down there, I am never coming down to Dixie State again while COVID's going because I don't want to cause any more problems. So, uh, <laughs> but yes, I am going to try. Um, I, I love traveling to these arenas, mm. these towns and cities and seeing different things and um, meeting fans. I mean, uh, some of the, you know, even though I get into it with fans sometimes on Twitter, <laughs> I've met quite a few of them. So I love the interaction, the banner, and I know it's all out of fun and jest. And absolutely. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna try. I can't. I can't promise anything, but I'm gonna try. My sister lives in uh, Fort Worth, so I may have to like make a couple trips down to Texas. So. That, I mean, hey, that'd be perfect. And we're only about three and a half hours from Fort Worth area. So, I mean, it would it would, it would would work. Um, and uh, Brian says if you ever fly into Houston, he can give you a ride to Knack. Nice. Uh, that may be a wild trip. I don't know. Kyle, <laughs> I'm just saying. He'll have some stories. Don't worry about that. He'll have plenty of stories. Yeah. So, Jacqueline, go for the, tw- the tw- those Twitter questions before we uh, forget them. Uh, okay, so well, I don't even know that any of us will know the answer to this, but uh, Cat Fans wants to know what were some of the unique challenges to putting together this year's schedule? Um, what are the coaches and admin excited about in the WAC that fans may not be thinking about? Is he referring to the like 
the conference schedule, I think, is what they're referring to. Yeah, possibly, yeah. That's uh, what I, I haven't heard much on that front. I mean, they came out with it pretty quick after mm -hmm. everything was – well, I think it was before everything was official, that, you know, the, the transition um, on July 1st. Mm. So I don't think it was as hard as people will make it out to be because – there were enough teams that you could put two teams to travel together to and just flip flop them. I mean, they they haven't had that for a couple of years and they've done it before. So I I don't think there was as much trouble putting that schedule together. Um, figuring out how to fit Chicago State in was probably you know made it challenging. But um, I've heard a lot about non conference scheduling. Uh, a lot of coaches have said that it's just tough. Tough to get games at home. Tough to like, – it's just been a, a crazy mad show with everything that's gone on right now to get these new this new year going. But mm -hmm. um, conference schedule, I don't think it was as difficult as people made it out to be because they had it probably put together who was going to travel with who and kept teams that are in close proximity to each other traveling together in a sense on each weekend. So right. and I mean it was a, it was kind of easily set up fortunately to do that I think because several of the teams are just close together. But I, I think you're right. I think the conference was a lot easier to schedule than people make it out to be cuz like I know from our end at first a lot of people were like, "Oh my god, look at all these how far away these teams are. Like how much are we going to be traveling all the time?" But mm -hmm. since we have divisions, it's it's really not that extensive of a an increase in travel. So I think that helps, but I know we definitely understand the, the struggle of scheduling non-conference games at home, probably mm -hmm. even more yes. than some of the teams in the WAC for two reasons. One of which I think a lot of the WAC teams probably experience as well is that we're kind of at that mid-major level where it's like the people who are better than us don't want to travel to play us and potentially lose the people who are at our caliber know they don't want to play us. And then no one below us is going to want to travel to play us. But then also for us, like we're, which is not that far, but we're two to three hours from the closest major airport. So a lot of schools aren't, you know, unless they have a private jet that can fly in our tiny airport, which I don't, I don't think a jet can fly into. It's just not mm -hmm. that convenient. So they just don't want to do it. Um, so it's yeah. really struggling. I mean, the, the airport in Die Ball, Die Ball, um, maybe. I don't know how big that one is compared to the Nacogdoches Airport. I don't know. But but it's true, though, and that's one of the things that I totally agreed with Jacqueline on 100% is the fact that if we want it to be easier to schedule these non-conference games for any sport, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's basketball, football, um, you know, soccer, whatever, we need to make it easier for people to travel to Nacogdoches rather than having them fly into IAH in Houston, Dallas or Shreveport and then have to bus up. You know, we have plenty of room. Like we can upgrade the airports we have here. I mean, we live, we're in the in Texas, in DP Texas, there's plenty of room. Why don't we do it? I don't know. That's a, it's a really great question and quandary. And I hope that one day we actually figure it out. Um, and I mean, yeah, Sean is right. We do have an aviation program in SFA now. We do. But here's the thing, Sean, and I don't think a lot of people know this is the fact that UT Tyler, or not Lucia, I'm sorry, uh, Laterno, which is up in like Longview, has like one of the premier aviation programs in Texas. So we're going to be competing with that program 
constantly. And so I don't know if how our aviation program, how it's going to go. So I don't know if that's going to like change our report. I don't know. But anyway. And Tyler and Longview both already have airports also. They're just not major airports like Tyler. I mean, like Dallas or Houston. So. Right. So potentially people could technically fly in if they have, you know, Air, if they have a private jet, I don't know how many times have private. Yeah, jets. I don't have a private jet. So I won't yeah, I don't have a private jet either. It'd be great if I had a private jet. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know. We're just waiting on our on our PJ, but yeah. Don't anyway, um, so is there anything? I don't even know really what they're referencing, but what are they excited about in the WAG that fans not may not be thinking about? I don't know what I don't know what they're asking there. You no, know, I'm I, not. I'm not sure. I think I've talked to. Uh, I talked to Bryce Drew, was it last week? Grand Canyon's head coach. And I talked to Chris Jans yesterday. And it just seems like they're just – they're excited for a different challenge. Like it's a new opportunity to learn new names, new faces, and compete at probably a higher level now. Like it, it brings the entire conference to a higher level. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just excited to compete in that atmosphere – um, and the challenge, I, I mean, it, it's going to be a challenge. It's not like it's not like the WAC is bringing in Division two schools that everybody can beat up on for a couple of years. I mean, Stephen F. Austin, Sam Houston State, Abilene Christian, Lamar, they're all established programs. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we're getting the, the top of the Southland here. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that they're, they're all excited about that challenge because they don't play each other very often. Right, they don't play like wax schools and Southland schools don't play each other very often. So it's new. Mm-hmm. There's new challenges with travel, with playing in different arenas and gymnasiums. I mean, it, it's it's just it sounds like everybody's excited about the new challenge that it it presents. Sorry if that's you know cliche, but that's what I've been told. So yeah, no, I agree with that. I think just yeah. something new. We're shaking it up, and and the Southland schools might bring some things to the conference ideals that might be different. You never know. Well, the best part is, is that none of those schools are in transition years. So they all have a chance to qualify for the WAC tournament. Um, If they split it where, you know, only the top eight or top 10. I've heard that there's a rumor talking about that they have to decide because, you know, they only have a limited space in Vegas or limited, uh, days that they can play at the Orleans. So they're trying to figure that all out. But I mean, that, that, yeah. That was actually a good question. Um, Cause that's one of the questions I had was, do we know yet or have any rumors to how many teams from each division are actually going to be able to be eligible or will obviously get to the conference tournament? Because I mean, there's a lot more now, so I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think it's going to depend on the the arena that they get, um, because you know the Orleans Arena they really split with the, the West Coast Conference. Like the West Coast Conference has it the weekend before into I believe it's either Monday or Tuesday when their championship game is, mm-hmm. and then Wednesday um, is it Wednesday? Wednesday is when the women WAC tournament starts. So they play four games for the women that day, and then the men are the next day. And then it's just going to depend on if they can get the Orleans for maybe a week or they can get another facility for a week. Um, Cause I know the PAC 12 uses T-Mobile arena. 
Mountain West Conference uses the Thomas and Matt. So, I mean, there's a couple other places they were looking at possibly, but it, it, it's they're still working on that from what I've been told. Mm-hmm. Corey wanted to know if he could bring his axe handle to Whack Vegas. I don't know. That might be considered a weapon. Yeah. Yeah. We all know how that goes down when we go to St. Houston. We can't bring our axe handles, so probably not. Um, try flying with that. That's yeah, definitely that's a thing. I don't. I don't think that's. Gonna yeah, happen. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Dennis says, "Well, let's finish with basketball first before we go on to anything else." But um, so, uh, yeah. Asked, which we kind of already answered. Who is our Matt Postons? One of our. Um, Followers said, "Who is our non-Texas WAC rival going to be in basketball?" And I, I think we kind of said probably GCU or New Mexico State. I kind of lean more towards GCU, but we'll see. Um, and they're also, you know, aren't they also purple? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I just I have three purple, purple, but I see in my mind that being a rivalry. Yeah, there's just a lot of purple everywhere we go. I mean, there's a lot of purple in the Southland with, with you know, uh, Northwestern, with ACU, um, and, and now we're having Tarleton and ACU and now GCU and then, of course, us. And I'm like, there's a lot of purple. I don't know if any of the other schools are purple. I have no idea. I don't think so. No, there's three purple schools. Okay. Three purple schools. You got Lamar, the, Lamar and Dixie State that are red and white. Uh, Seattle's red, black, and white as well. Uh, UTRGV is like an orange. orange. Yeah. And they have some green in theirs too. Orange, green, and white. Um, Sam Houston State is orange. Orange. Um, what, who else is there? California Baptist is navy and white. Um, Tarleton's purple and white. Forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, so it's us, Tarleton. ACU and GCU. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And then New Mexico State is crimson and white, and Utah Valley is green and white. So. Yeah. And Chicago State's green and white. Sorry. Okay. A lot of green too. I mean, yeah. I, mean I do like the fact that there's there's only a few there's only four for you know purple schools and that not there's not all the schools are purple but yeah. Um, uh, at least we, at least we have at least we don't have shit brown like Wyoming. <laughs> I mean, listen, orange and green sounds pretty horrendous together, but. You know what? It's better, though, than than shit brown and the yellow that they have, too. Like, it's, I just it's can't just believe awful. any school brown and yellow brown is just. I yeah, it's not good. Um, so Dylan did say how much more traveling will come with how spread out we are in the WAC, but we talked about that a lot during the podcast with Ryan Ivy, our athletic director. So um, we've talked about the fact that because it's split into divisions that there isn't going to be a lot of like extra travel more than we had before. Obviously there's going to be maybe just a smidgen more travel budget. Um, it's not going to be crazy and, you know, just absolutely insane of a travel budget because of the divisions. Now, if we didn't have the divisions, that would be a totally different story. I feel like so, um, but yeah, uh let's see here far east texas is on twitter i believe that's in that dennis i, I can't remember what I it that is do we have any late breaking news regarding out of conference schedule additions 
promotions of specials related to the first home game, opening of the basketball performance center, et cetera, et cetera. Um, not on our end. I don't think so. Yes, Dennis. Okay. It is him. All right. Well, I was yeah. So we're, oh, uh, Jason says I can always find space in Vegas. Um, okay. So on the performance center, we think that it's supposed to hopefully open like the beginning of September um, is what they're telling yeah. us really yeah. all that we know. Um, we have been offered a little tour of it cause it's supposed to be about 80% done on the inside. So hopefully uh, in the next week or two, I'll be in NAC and Alex and I can take that little tour and we'll That'd be nice. Some good updates. But um other than that, I don't know any uh, I don't know any new late breaking news on out of conference schedule additions. I mean obviously we have the Kansas game, but Kansas game and then the Cancun challenge. Um, yeah. those are really the only non con games other than I think Middle Tennessee um that we know for sure. Yeah. I don't really know exactly, but yeah. Um Brian wants to know if uh well, first of all, Dennis said that RL Mag Mangun, which is a wild name for an airport, uh, will handle jets. So is that in Tyler or Longview? I have no idea. I think the one in NAC is called Mangum, not Mangum. I was like, I've never heard of that one. Um, Let me just, I'll fact check. Go okay, on. fact check that. Brian says, need a cameraman for the tour. Sure, Brian, if you come up, we'll we'll get you on the tour too, bud. Um, let's see, the great Miguel Juan Tabo. I'm assuming this is one of your followers here, uh, Kyle. One of your uh, one of your fans. What? Uh, the great Miguel Juan Tabo. Like yeah. That. Yes. Okay. What did he say? Oh, he was saying even though WAC, uh, the WAC team schedules had not been finalized, are there are there known early non-conference games involving WAC teams that fans can get really excited about watching? Oh, you know, Cap fans said that they were looking more at the mid-major versus mid-major, but yeah, um, he said Middle Tennessee at SFA, ACU at Arlington, New Mexico in Myrtle Beach Classic, CBU in. Uh, Abe Lemons Classic. Those are the ones that Cap Band says. So, so. I mean, the, the those multi-team ones, the New Mexico State, CBU, Utah Valley's in one in the SoCal Classic as well with some good teams. When, like, um, those are games that have to be won. I mean, who I was looking at it. Um, New Mexico State has Davidson, East Carolina, Indiana State, Old Dominion, Penn, and Utah State. Um, in their Myrtle Beach Invitational, those are the mid-majors that I counted because New Mexico State has to beat those. Whoever they play out of that group, they have to win. Mm -hmm. uh, if they play the powers, I can't remember who the P6 school is. I think it's Oklahoma maybe that's in that. Um, but, like, if they win that one, that's considered an upset, right? But the other games against mid-majors are the games that WAC schools have to win. In order to like where everybody's asking about a a two bid league, win the games that you're you're supposed to win, win some of the games you're maybe like not supposed to win, and then win the 50-50 games because that's what'll increase the whack rankings, the RPI, the power index, whatever they use to determine how many teams come out of a conference. Um, and that, that's something that I think WAC schools have struggled a little bit with the last couple of years. Um, it still doesn't help 
No offense, Chicago State. I really love you. I really want you guys to be strong. But, like, to have a team that's sub-300 in the Ken Palm rankings every year, that kills a conference. And, I mean, and and that's the thing. That goes to say, you know, it doesn't matter what other teams do in the conference during their non-conference slate. Because of that team holding it down, it's always going to be a one bid league. So, um, yeah, I just you know you got to have multiple twenty game, twenty game winning teams, you know, yeah. twenty one teams or whatever, and um, you know somebody who's really good, like uh, New Mexico, let's say New Mexico State or Stephen F. Austin or Grand mm-hmm. Canyon, you know, who had a great non conference, great conference, they get to the WAC tournament championship, and somebody knocks them off. Maybe there's a chance for a two-bid league. Um, but as long as Chicago State's there, I think it's always going to be a one-bid league. So we we love Chicago State, but we're kind of happy to see them leave after this yeah. year. I was going to say the fact that they're leaving after this next year, you know, obviously from what you just said, do you think that's going to kind of project us into the potential for a two-big league Two bid league in the future. Um, do you think it would be there right away, well, or would here's, be like- here's the thing: you swap out Chicago State, who's sub three hundred, mm-hmm. for Southern Utah, who will probably be in the mid one hundred range this year. With who they all have coming back, so mm-hmm. that's a jump of 200, 200 spots right there. I mean, that, that, yeah. so it'll 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 bolster the whack. But like I said. It, they have to have, it has to have multi 20 win teams and then whoever had the best season regular season has to lose the WAC tournament championship for there to be a discussion right about being a two bid league totally. so i don't think it's going to happen this year or next year maybe give it two or three years you know but it's just got to the problem is WAC schools beat up on each other and people say oh they suck well no, that means there's a lot of parity in this conference. Yeah. And that can hurt it too because you don't have those dominant teams. Yeah. Um, they just have to figure out a way to win games in the non-conference slate that maybe they're not supposed to. Like um, Utah Valley, if it plays BYU this year, not mm-hmm. that that's going to happen, but like that'd be huge. Or – like us at Kansas. Why did cat fans not mention that one? Okay, I'm trying to be a little bit realistic here. No, wow. just, <laughs> that, fans, I could be neutral. See, but like in all reality, it's like, um, like that could possibly happen because it happened at Duke a couple years ago. So who knows? Just I mean, I'm saying, I'm saying more like a GCU against Arizona state because they're pretty evenly matched or, okay. um, you know, just just those like a New Mexico State at Washington State, they're going to be evenly matched. If, if WAC schools can win those kind of games, mm-hmm. it just, I mean, it, it just helps the conference immensely. I know. I'm sorry. I I know that they beat Duke. I gave them credit. Okay, come on. <laughs> yeah, I was like, all of our fans are going to be in the comments. Like, come on. Um, I'm supposed to set up something to talk with Kyle Keller sometime probably next week but oh, hopefully he's not listening to what i said about you know gonna say now, that'll be an electric conversation i'm just gonna yeah, you, it's you always fun. have a blast talking to coaches 
at all. Okay, so my fact checking thing really quick. I was right. Den so Dennis, you were close. It's A.L. Mangum, not R.L. Mangum, but I knew what you were saying. So apparently our uh, Nacogdoches airport does handle jets. So Interesting. So kind of almost along with what you were saying a minute ago, Kyle, was the whole like moving up, you know, um, not necessarily moving up in regards to, well, yeah, moving up like with a two-bid conference. Um, Tony Martinez wanted to know what will it take collectively from the WAC schools to move up into the conference up as a powerhouse? So, I mean, I don't know. We haven't even had a full year yet of, of games um, to know what's going to happen. I mean, I feel like that's more of like a, after the first year, we'll see what kind of happens with all the teams. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to predict that. I think I think we have to temper expectations for right now yeah. um, because there's so many new faces. There's going to be so much going on that we just don't know. On paper, it looks great. Like with totally. what New Mexico State has coming back, with what SFA has come back, with what Grand Canyon did this offseason, what Seattle has coming back, um, you know, Black Play of the Year is coming back. First time in like three or four years that the WAC player of the year has come back for a second season in the WAC. Um, like there's so many unknowns right now. Yeah. Last year, all the team, these teams did great. These teams had good records, even with COVID. Um, I just think it's going to take a minute to see what everybody does. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're just getting back into their workouts. They're, they're, they're not even fully practicing as teams yet because, well, not everybody's on campus yet. So right. uh, I think, like I said, going back to what I said, they have to win the games that they're supposed to win in non-conference. I'm not talking against the non-D1 schools, like against other mid-majors, other schools that are on like an even keel. They have to win those games. They have to beat some of those higher mid-majors like a Wichita State or Utah State if they have the chance or – Fresno, I think, um, is it CBU or Utah Valley might have the chance to play Fresno State. They have to win those games, mm -hmm. you know, against other mid-major conferences, and then they have to pull off a win that nobody expects them to do, or maybe they're not picked to win, like when they play a Power Six team. That's they the only play. way they're going to continue to to bolster the conference is doing well in the non-conference slate, and not losing games that they. I mean, there's been some losses that they've had in the non-conference that you're just shaking your head like, what in the world were they doing that night? Can't have those. Like, those right. are no-no, period. Well, and even just losses, just having close games. I mean, there's been multiple close games in past seasons on our end against non-conference, you know, completely opposite, like not even close in the division, like Division Two games that were just like mm, this is a little too close for comfort we're playing a division two school or you know um i don't even know what the like the other divisions like naia or whatever whatever it is it's like this is way too close way too close for my liking and we, this should be an, a no-brainer no-brainer type thing yeah. so it's all the mentality it's all a mentality thing absolutely Absolutely agree. Uh, Cat fans DM'd us and said SFA plays North at Northwestern State first of multi-year deal in men's basketball. So there you go. Thanks. Yay! So that, they need to win those games. Period. I mean, we have to. 
Oh yeah, yeah. And I mean, again, and it's those are easy games. We 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 live about an hour and a half from them as well, so it's like we travel well every time we play them. Um, they don't really travel well on our end coming to us, but hey, that's fine. Um, but uh, yeah, the other questions, Jacqueline. There was a couple more, right? Yeah. So the second part um, of that question from Tony Martinez was who are the leading contenders for the commissioner position? Do we want to, do you want to take a minute Kyle to kind of talk about y'all's commissioner retiring and what, what the buzz is about that? Oh, um, you know, any details? I don't know any details on that. So I'm going to kind of stay away from that right now. Um, Gosh. Yeah. We have no idea. I don't even know where they begin to be. I mean, maybe what's his name? I mean, with like the second in command, I don't know what that's his name. That's what I was thinking. The second in command that's been there, who's seen Jeff Hurd do what he's done. Mm -hmm. I mean, it seems logical to have that continuity. Oh, I yeah. can't remember his name now. I, I know I he follows me on Twitter. Yeah, I think somebody tweeted it on Twitter. Tweeted it on Twitter um, a few days ago, and I think I may have, you know, retweeted it or liked it. I, I honestly can't remember what his name was either, but I know he's like second. Well, he was second under uh, under Jeff. Um, I'm trying to find it. I like oh, I uh, Let me see if it's in this announcement. Um, no, I don't think so. Ron La is it Ron Logry? I don't know how to say that. If I'm if I'm botching that name, I'm sorry. But yeah, the chief operating officer and deputy commissioner Ron Logry. I I I just feel like you have to. I don't want to say have to. It seems logical to do that. <laughs> yeah, nice. I would absolutely blow this league up. So there's no. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, Jeff Hurd is leaving this conference in a very, very good spot. Yeah. And maybe that's what he wanted to accomplish before he left um, was just sure. to have it be ready to turn over in a great spot because it, it's been on life support for the last couple of years. Um, with the you know Kansas City leaving, Cal State Bakersfield leaving, um, you know yeah they brought in Tarleton State and Dixie, mm -hmm. but like it's kind of been on life support. You never know what's going to happen the next year. Is New Mexico State going to leave? Is Grand Canyon going to leave? Is Seattle going to you know leave? It just um, you know he's put it now in a lot more stable situation for whoever does take over. Yeah, I mean, and, and you're right. I think. It Logically, it would just make sense if it was the second in command, just because you're right about the continuity. He's been under him for a while. It, it, you know, it wouldn't be like throwing in like a curveball, you know. Um, but yeah, I don't even know where to begin on that because again, we're so new. We don't know much about Jeff. All we know is from what we saw at the different press conferences and stuff, and we could already tell that things were so well-oiled and organized again, compared to what we have experienced in the Southland. Um, but yeah, definitely if I was in charge, Longhorn Dave, I, I would demand beer delivered at every stadium, like demanded. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at least serve it. Even if you don't bring it to our seats. Yeah, least, just yeah. have it available. I can get my happy ass up even if I don't want to and walk over and get it. Um, let's see here. Could being in the whack of SFA, a few more ESPN slash, Etc. national or at least regional TV broadcast. Well, that's the hope. Yeah, I think we talked about that a little bit in the Brian. Yeah. 
Yeah. So Jason, we did kind of cover uh, that on the, the episode we did with Ryan. So you'll want to go back and listen to that, but definitely the hope is that ultimately we would get more of that. And the short term would be that we get more streaming possibilities because unbeknownst to probably just the average fan, a lot of the teams in the Southland, the ones that we left didn't have the funding that we do and the budget to have the correct equipment to stream and be able to get like an ESPN you or an ESPN two contract to have games streamed. So, and also if you watch the live streaming of some of our away games, you could, you could see how poor the quality was. Um, so that's, that's one of the main short-term goals was to have that and open up more sports to having streaming yeah. possibilities, you know, because right now I think really basketball is kind of the only sport that, that we had streaming capabilities for. And, you know, so they're really hoping to add like football and women's volleyball and things like that. So rolling, you know, get, stuff like get that. a lot more exposure for many of the other sports as well. So absolutely. Um, let's see. Uh, Knox Brown. He had a couple questions. He said, who had the best recruiting? Oh, I can't talk. It's all this for Donia beer. That's so good. Um, drink for Donia beer. Uh, who had the best recruiting class in the WAC? Um, because <laughs> you know, I'm going gonna, to say GCU, right off the top of my head. Um, easy guess, I think. They they have four D1 transfer or like Power Six transfers, and a Bucknell transfer. Um. You know, two of the guys came from Arizona State, so Bryce Drew went right across the street to get those guys. And one of them's played like over, I, I don't even know how many minutes, but he's one of the, he's gonna be very Holland. Oh, what's his name? I have it written down, and I can't remember off the top of my head. Holland Woods is gonna be one of the better point guards to think to remember in the WAC this year at GCU. Um, New Mexico State. Had a pretty good offseason getting Nate Pryor and Teddy Allen from Nebraska, who, while well traveled, he um, he he can score. Like he, they call him Teddy Buckets, so he can score. Uh, yeah, Houston State pulled off Sabian Flag from Texas A&M. I was just gonna say I did some research before we started about Sam Houston. Got him from A&M, yeah. um, and then. They have obviously Demarcus Lampley's returning, and yeah. then they also got a seven-two center transfer from Utah State. This yep. guy's Poland. Car, car, is it Karbowski? Something. I had it written down, or I, I have I had, it here. Where is it? I had the, I had the darn. That's going to drag us. Hold on. That sounds Karbowski. That sounds correct because her note says he's from Warsaw. Yeah. Yeah. Karbowski. 7-2 center from Utah State. But here's the other kicker. You see, even at Faustin got a seven-footer this year, too. We sure did. Okay. But the um, last seven-footer we had was not so good. So we'll fingers crossed that this one's better. Yeah, you never know. Because um, just being uh, seven-footer, it's not enough. Will California not. Baptist had a pretty good offseason. They pulled uh, Long Beach State transfer, Chance Hunter, Gonzaga transfer, Pavel Zakharov. I hope I say that. I mean, there's a lot of new faces. Um, I, it's so hard to, to – on paper, it all looks great, like we've said. 
it's just a matter of, is there going to be chemistry issues or are they going to be able to gel? Um, mm -hmm. Who develops who more? I mean, it, uh, you know, last year, Asbjorn Mitgard at GCU, he averaged like three points a game at Wichita State. And then it comes down to Grand Canyon and he's a stud that shoots 70% from the field. So yeah. it's just, you know, do guys fit in with the system that they're going to be in? Well, there's so many adjustments that I just don't, you know, and most coaches will tell you, we don't know what we really have yet. We have talent, we have, you know, ability, but is that going to equate to success on the floor? Um, you know, it it's going to be fun to watch because, like I said, so many new faces, new coaches, new competition, and it, it's just going to be fun. So, Knox, I – I want to say GCU had the best recruiting class in the WAC this year, or at least um, this offseason. You know, we didn't even talk about Jalen Blackman, who I believe was a four-star guard out of Indiana that went to Grand Canyon. So, wow. I'm just going to throw GCU out there as the best recruiting class, only because of the depth that they got. Um, mm -hmm. New Mexico State, CBU, Stephen F. Austin, you know, they, everybody picked up good quality players. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah. I mean, we got a transfer from from Kansas, uh, Latrell Jossel. I hope I say his name right. We'll learn it because that's you know that's our guys. Um, and uh, Jonathan, yeah, Aku from Texas A and M. Right. Yeah. And then of course, I mean, we always really do well at SFA with um, with JUCO transfers as well. I feel like I mean because we have a lot of really amazing players, like past players on our team who were JUCO transfer transfers. Um, so one of their one of our new JUCO transfers is from Navarro College, which is just right up the road a little bit. Um, Jules Moore, and so eh, I'm just excited again. And, and I totally agree with what you're saying. Like it doesn't matter. Honestly, it doesn't matter who you had come in. All that matters is can you equate that and can it be transferable to on court? Because you can have a star lineup and still not produce on the court. I mean, we saw what happened to USA basketball the other night. I'm sorry. Yep. Come on. Come well, on. Us a few years ago, we had what I believe to be one of the most talented teams we'd had just based on individual talented players, but mm -hmm. several of them just didn't gel well. They just weren't, weren't in the same mindset of the same approaches and style mentality of basketball. And so it just, it just didn't work well. I mean, we didn't even make our conference tournament that year. Yeah. And we had one of the best lineups in a long time. And it, it's just after the best one. Yeah. I mean, Longhorn Dave is right. The transfer portal makes it crazy. Like Kyle said, it's hard for coaches to get a team to jail. Absolutely. Cause I feel like the turnover is just insane. Yeah. You know? Yep. It's a, Free agent meat market, I guess you could call it. So, yeah. And Absolutely. I think hopefully what my like optimistic hope will be, I, I think the first few years it is going to be like that and it's going to be terrible. But I, I kind of equate it to like, I think it's going to be one of those things like when you're a kid, if you want to do something you're not supposed to and then your parents let you and then you do it like 10 times and you're like, oh, it's not that fun anymore. Like it kind of lost its appeal. Mm -hmm. Like I think – once people have the freedom to jump around, they're going to see that it's it's not that good for their 
long-term development to just jump unless they have a real, like if you have a really good reason, then yeah. But just so like every year be like, well, I don't like that coach and I don't like that offense or I don't like whatever. I, I think they'll learn the hard way. Like it's not serving me long-term yeah. development to do that. So, yeah. cause you don't plug into a program long enough to get comfortable and learn anything and really push yourself. Yeah. I mean, famous saying the grass isn't always greener on the other side. So I mean, it's it, it's not oh, always going to be I mean, I, uh, Who was it? Farron Flavors Jr. averaged, I think it was like 14 or 15 a game for California Baptist. Last, not this past season, but the season before, shot like 40% from three, decided to try that whole grass is always greener thing and went to Oklahoma State. Yeah. And I think he averaged like three points a game Ooh. and was a bench player. Mm. Like, that. it's like you said – for some guys, it is great for them to transfer and get another opportunity somewhere. Maybe they need a new uh, environment or something. Yeah. But yeah. for others, instead of just assuming that that's the case for everybody, like you really need to weigh the options. Yeah. See what what's best for me. Where do I fit? Do I fit right here as a starter on a mm -hmm. team that shoots the ball really well that shows my talent, or do I go to a school that's a power six has more money? and you know sit on the bench like it, it, it's yeah. just a difficult difficult decision that's placed in front of an 18 19 20 yeah. year old oh, um, especially when you have all kinds of people in their ears saying well you need to do this or you need to do that or you need to you know and, and we see it so often. a lot of times these players that we recruit are you know like the big man on campus at their school they're they're the best player they're the team leader and so for one, they have in their mind that, you know, they got to up, uphold this level of swag to like go to a big name school or whatever. So then if they come to SFA, they're like, okay, it's not, it's not Duke or it's not Kansas or whatever, mm -hmm. or they come and expect to immediately be starting. And it's like, Hey kid, like, unless, unless you're just like one of the fab five, like you might have to put in a year before you're starting. I mean, yeah. Yeah. They, they need to be humble a little bit, I feel like, and they're just not ready for that kind of ego knock. You know, um, you know what I miss is, you know, I'm old school, so I used to see, you know, being from northern Utah, I used to see where kids would go to, like, Utah State simply because they hated BYU and they wanted the chance to beat BYU. Absolutely. Like that's, yeah. I, I wish that I saw that – these days, like kids just going to a school because, hey, I want to go play here. I want to beat these other teams. I'm going to stay here for two, three, four years. You know, and, and I'm not saying transferring is wrong. It's not. That's a choice you have to make. But yeah, too many kids are, I feel like, playing for the coach or want to play for the coach rather than actually want to play for the school. Program, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I agree. That, that, that saddens me because I used to love those rivalries where I want to go to this school because I want to beat this school, you know, and so forth and so on. So yeah. I think yeah. it still happens sometimes in Texas. I, I would say the biggest factor is more probably football than basketball based. But I think a lot of kids in Texas will go to UT so that they can beat Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah completely. Um, Let's uh let's take a couple questions. We have a bunch in the chat right now. So the first one is from the Rev. Hey Rev, uh, so who has the best looking paint job on their court? I'm gonna say obviously SFA will once we have the new court 
court. The Even court now, I'm happy with what we have now. Oh, we have a great court now. Completely. I'm going to make New Mexico State fans fall in love with me. I love what they did to the Pan Am Center floor. I mean, just the redo of that, awesome. I love it. And I really need to get down there to catch a game. Um, but, yeah, I and the Stephen F. Austin ones, those were great. Make a choice. Stick with it. You know, yeah. and then we'll see how it comes out. But, like, right now, in my mind, I love what the Pan Am Center has on their floor. Y'all, my cats are going wild. I'm sorry. I can hear them. No, you're good. So I'll have to look and see. I'll have to Google the Pan Am floor so I can see it. Um, you know, out of I would say before moving, obviously, from the Southland to WAC, when we were in the Southland, I would say just, again, not to continue on this SFA train, but ours was – I think ours was one of the newest and the best looking. Um, just It was just very crisp, clean. It was nice. Once we have this new floor put in there, I think it's going to be more of the same. But, um, but yeah, so Dylan, our boy Dylan, D-Rod, he wants to know on a scale of 1 to 10, best party school in the WAC. I mean, again, I'm not going to tell your SFA stance for Dylan. You should know. <laughs> um. I'm not going to comment on that. I'm going to leave that alone. I'll let other people comment on that. Um, I will I will say this. Back in the day when it was a JUCO, if you would ask me this question about current teams in the WAC, Dixie probably would have been top dog. The St. George was like the place to go for kids, and it was known as the party school. So I oh, don't wow. think that's the way it is anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but – I'm going to leave that question alone because I don't know what goes on at the other schools outside of basketball, and I don't want to get anybody angry at me where they say you're never allowed on the campus again. You probably don't want to know, Kyle, to be fair. Yeah. Um, you're probably right. Dylan, you know, we're just going to have to go on a, a whack tour. Um, and and like scope out. Yeah, we'll just have to see. We'll just have to see. Uh, quickly, John. Yeah, don't worry. The first half will be available to watch, so don't worry about that. Um, Black Wolf 11 underscore 11. Kyle, what's your thoughts on Tarleton and Billy Gillespie? Any new or old player to watch? Um, Tarleton is dangerous. Billy Gillespie's teams, I don't know what it is about them, but they're just tough. Mm -hmm. You saw that last year when they would go on the road and split with teams. They swept UTRGV to end the season. Um, they split with Utah Valley in Orem. Uh, Montre Gibson, remember that name. Montre Gibson is going to be one of the best players in this conference this season. He was last year, can shoot the lights out. Um, I just want to see more consistency out of the, the Texans. Like last year, one game they looked like a million bucks. Next game they struggled. Mm. And they had. it felt like they had different lineups or different rotations each game. Um, so I'd really like to see consistency, but you know, Billy Gillespie, he's one of those guys that doesn't play it like it sh probably should be played or you expect it to be played. And think about this, Tarleton state goes, um, Kansas, Wichita state and Mich Michigan all on the road, three out of the first four games. So, um, that's pretty brutal. Plus they go to Gonzaga. So, uh, they're playing three top five teams and Wichita state, which is one of the better mid majors. So, uh, Ooh. Now, we'll see uh, what what Billy Gillespie has up his sleeve. They almost beat Texas A&M last year on the road. Um, I just like how they play. Physical, they defend, and they force you to play their game. So I like Tarleton State. Yeah. 
Um, that's interesting that you say that. I uh, we don't know much about Tarleton basketball. We do know I do know a lot about Tarleton football. They've always Tarleton, even when Tarleton was in the division under us, like they still kicked our ass in football. Like they're 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 on top of it. Like they're good. So I can only imagine, you know, the rest of their sports will be similar. Um, you know, the best part about the teams coming in from Texas, the addition of Tarleton and Dixie last year, these are all schools that are investing in their athletic departments. Yes. Like that's huge because not nothing against other schools that have been in the whack that are leaving or that have left. But like they have they have alumni bases, they have donors, they have money that they're willing to spend to invest in their programs. And that's huge because that just makes it even the conference even more visible when you have teams that are investing in their athletic departments. I agree. Um, next question. Wonder how the NIL will impact transfer portal will have an impact on the transfer portal too, especially with the folk, local folks sponsoring. Um, and Rev said, obviously beside us. So other teams in the WAC, how will the NIL affect and impact? Um, honestly, I think it'll hurt mid majors. Um, I think the schools that have the bigger alumni bases or the donor bases will have be at more of an advantage. Um, then say, I mean, let, let's look at Stephen F. Austin, who has a large alumni base. Mm -hmm. donor. They're going to be at a huge advantage over Utah Valley, who most of their alumni or donors or whatever, they usually give to BYU. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's, it, it's going to be interesting to see. I think it's really going to hurt the schools that have uh, smaller alumni base or donor bases than the schools that don't. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, I totally agree with that. I obviously a lot of these bigger schools like power five schools are going to, it's just going to be like on like gangbusters and it's going to be like the wild, wild west. And some of these smaller schools are going to suffer a little bit because of it. Um, I think Knox had a couple other questions. One of them is really good. Who are the most impactful transfers? You kind of already touched on that a little bit. So um, unless there's somebody that you didn't mention previously, we can move on to his Last question. Which um, was, yeah, go ahead. Right, let me ask. Let me answer that question. I, I, I think one name I threw out there was Holland Woods of Arizona State. I think he's going to be huge next to Javon Blackshear. Teddy Allen at New Mexico State. Um, if he can score like they think, um, like he's shown that he can, and stays out of his little, stays out of trouble, he'll be good. But I, I think. I'm interested to see what Savion Flag does at Sam Houston State. And I say that because they lost Zach Nuttall down there, who was the what, Southland, yeah. Southland player of the year last year. Yeah. Some big shoes to fill right there. Um, I mean, that that's one name to, to keep an eye on. Savion Flag. Uh, trying to think. That's about it for right now. Those, those three guys, I think, are – going to have big impacts on their teams. Um, I know he wants me to say the guys from CBU. I, 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 Zacharoff, the big seven-footer that came over from Gonzaga, he hasn't played a lot. He's played with Drew Timmy and those guys, so he's gotten experience against great competition. Can he handle it as a starter who's playing a lot of minutes? 
we'll see. So yeah. that's really good. Everybody's really loving Teddy Buckets' nickname, Teddy Buckets. Yeah. Chris Jans' head coach told me that. I didn't know that that was what he was called, but Chris Jans' head coach told me that's what Teddy on is called. So Teddy Buckets. Um, and actually, this is a really good question um, kind of to start wrapping up on, which is who do you project finishing in the top five of our conference and in what order? Um, so that just one. so everybody knows, in September, I believe it's coming out, uh, I wrote a preview for Athlon Sports. Um, it's not as in-depth as I probably will do for Wack Hoops Digest. So check that out. I will give you my top five um, off of that. So, and your fans are going to be a little upset at this, but as soon as New Mexico State announced that Clayton Henry, Donnie Tillman, and uh, Johnny McCants were returning, New Mexico State went to the top of the list. Uh, they just have four starters back, yeah. plus Teddy Buckets, plus Nate. I mean, it, it's just like continuity is huge to me, and chemistry is huge, and the fact that all three of those guys came back yeah. with a huge chip on their shoulder, like yeah. Oh, they go for to the sure. top of the list. Uh, Stephen F. Austin at two with, I, I believe it was four or five starters are back. Four. Um, I think four starters. Yeah. You know, including one of the leading scores in Gavin Kensmill, you know, at 15.9 points. Yeah, um, three is Grand Canyon. And uh, <laughs> I think Javon Blackshear Jr. has a chance to be the WAC Player of the Year. He won MVP of the WAC tournament, um, and they the transfers that they pulled in. If they can develop them and get them up to speed real quick, mm-hmm. they're going to be dangerous again. Um, Abilene, a, a, Abilene Christian, and people question me on this at four. There's just continuity, and you can't you can't. I don't want to say this. You can't downplay a team that plays defense. Like get in your no, face. Deep. Not at all. And they have such a strong history within their program. And also we point this out every time we talk about them. Their now head coach was an assistant coach at SFA for years under Danny Casper. One of their assistant coaches played at SFA for Danny Casper. So I mean, we have a strong lumberjack presence. So we're we're proud to talk about how good they are. And they capitalize on defense and really working hard. And that's what wins them games. But well, yeah. I think that Joe Golding leaving is going to have an impact on that. Maybe, but here comes that continuity thing again. Because Brett Tanner's been under him for a few years. Yeah. So they've just kind of – and Brett Tanner was a big piece of establishing that pressure defense that they have over there. Yep. Plus, if you remember, Reggie Miller and some of his teammates tweeted out that if they didn't hire – yeah, Brett they were going to quit. They were not going to practice or play. Yeah. So now so, you have loyal players mm-hmm. to the coach. I think that just it, it there's a bond there that you, it's tough to break. Yeah, That's I don't cool. I don't think Joe leaving is going to impact them at all. Not to downplay how good he was, but like you said, Brett was involved enough and they're absolutely they have bought into his his mentality enough that yeah, they're they're still gonna be just as good. I mean, and they did have a couple transfers out of there, but I I still agree. I think that you putting them where they're at makes sense because of all the things that you just listed. I mean, Brett Tanner, you got Antonio Bostic as their coaches. And then, of course, you have, you know, a lot of returnees except for a couple um, who transferred out. But, I mean, 
Yeah. And plus they're getting a new, they're getting a new court. Are they not? They're getting a whole new performance. They were in the process of getting a whole new arena, weren't they? Wasn't there talk about that? I think they were renovating their old one because last year, remember they played in that other um, place because it looked really weird on the streaming and then people were very fascinated with, are are you still going to have the bats? Oh, yeah, yeah. They used to have bats. Um, So, yeah. Let me give you my number five. I think my number five is going to shock people. Let's hear it. Um, So, I have Seattle at five. Um, Darian Trammell, the wax leading scorer, is back. He announced that on Twitter. Um about a month ago, but they return all five starters back. Um, they have another city of college of San Francisco transfer that came in. So that gives them four city college of, Tra- of San Francisco teammates that were on a team that went 30 and zero when they were there two years ago. So they know each other. They understand how they play. Um, biggest question is, can they match up size wise? I don't think it's going to matter with how good their guards are. Uh, People will be shocked that I have Seattle at five, but I have Seattle at five. I know people will say, well, Utah Valley is getting Fardos back. You know, what about – and nothing against Utah Valley, but you don't have four starters or five starters, including the leading scorer in the WAC from a year ago. So it's, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Like we said, we can put these all down on paper and so forth. Right. That's why games are played and we don't, you know, determine who wins and loses on paper. Yeah, I mean, because like you said earlier, you have people who are spoilers. You have people who are losing the games that they should be winning anyway, or, you know, almost like guaranteed gimme games, and then they're losing those. And so you never know. I mean, you honestly never know with, I mean, with any sport, I mean, with any sport at all, um, about who's going to win or who's going to lose. I mean, because anything can happen. I mean, again, I'm not going to like beat it with a dead horse, but you saw the last minute tip in. You know, Nate Bain at Duke. I mean, who would have predicted that? Not us. Um, I think we already talked about this a little bit, but uh, John was wondering again, what days are the conference games going to be played on? It's Thursdays and Saturdays, correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So, John, there you go. Yeah. And then he also said, no guard can compete with calories. Okay. John, all right. (laughs) All right. You, John, I had no, no, no. All season last year, you were going back and forth. About how much you're like, mm, David, not sure. Mm, David. He's still he's trying like, to make up. He's still trying to make up. Yeah. Every, all season, he was just, he was so hot and cold with David Calgary's hot and cold all season. And then finally he was like, you know what? No, he's great. He's awesome. I'm like, okay. Nice. We forgive you, John. Listen, I mean, every player has like points in the season where you're like, I don't know. I feel like he's not showing as much promise as he did a few games ago. And then. Mm-hmm. No, they get it together and everything meshes and it's magic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Guys, make sure you get in any final comments or questions you have in the chat before we end tonight. Um, So there was one question earlier, and I have no idea if you're going to even know this at all, Kyle. Again, I know you you do mostly um, basketball, but there was a question from Dennis uh, what have you heard regarding another addition to the WAC? Uh, is it going to be football focused? Because obviously at the moment our divisions aren't equal. I don't know if there's been any talk about. An I, haven't, I haven't heard anything. I mean, I know Southern Utah's coming in next year, so they have football yeah. as well. Um, 
I haven't, I haven't heard anything, uh, but that doesn't mean it's not happening. So it, it's, I would say, yes, there's probably talks going on, but I don't think anything's set in stone or anything's like official. So yeah, I would think that there's probably talks with other schools to get another football school to join. Um, but I, I, I don't, can't confirm or deny because I, I don't know. So, yeah. yeah. Y'all, I cannot. I love it. Cat fans, he already tweeted out your top five. I've seen that. I got my phone right here. I've been following along. Oh, so. bless. I love him. It's great. I love it. Yep. Oh, my goodness. All right. Let me check to see if we missed any questions. I don't think so. I think we got all of the ones, and I think we hit all the ones that were on that were posted earlier. Yeah, we we got all the Twitter ones from earlier. So okay, good. Okay, good. Perfect. Man, this has been a great hour and forty minutes of talking basketball. Daryl, we miss you. We wish you would have been on here. I know. Need Poor Daryl. Yeah, poor Earl needs to upgrade the internet. Or he said he said that his internet was fine all day up until he tried to get on. But you know, last <laughs> time I talked with Earl, it was doing the same thing. So I don't know. Uh, maybe it's just the internet just doesn't want Daryl to talk to us. I don't know. Who yeah, knows? Yeah, he texted and he just said he can't get a stable signal. So yeah, yeah. I did see him tweet a few times. So he he was still involved, but oh, yep, he, he was falling along absolutely. Um, Kyle, and again, so you're you're in the mountain time. So where is that that you actually you live in Colorado or Utah? You live in Utah. Okay. Utah. So got it. All right. So you obviously make it out to a lot of the Utah games, or you you know kind of Utah Valley. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I I graduated from Utah Valley in 2017. Um, the year before I graduated, I started a fan site. For Utah Valley Athletics, I don't run it. I don't have it anymore. Um, but I, I started writing about whack basket. I put out a, a power rankings article. Um, I think that was in the 2018 season. Mm. I want to say, and I realized that I got a ton more action or responses from people around the whack um, on that, and mm -hmm. so that's when I decided to start Whack Hoops Digest because. You know, everywhere we have the local beat writers that cover their teams, and that's kind of what they do. Um, and Greg Mitchell at Mid Major Madness, he uh, he writes an article once a week, usually about the WAC, uh, but nobody covered the WAC as a whole consistently. And so I figured, why not give it a shot? And it's been great. It's you know the following on Twitter, the interactions. Mm -hmm. The articles I've taken a couple months off. I'm sorry, fans. I I love playing softball in the spring and summer. Um, we go camping, so like I'm I'm getting back there, and I have a surprise in store in August when we start the whack. The it's called the Whack Hoops Digest podcast, but we're gonna we're changing the name, so I'm excited about that. Um, okay. But yeah, I mean, Daryl's helped me. Tyler Career, who's like I said, he's on his mission. Um, getting ready to go to serve in Tampa, uh, Tampa Bay for two years. Um, he's done a great job with me. Uh, Larry Muniz, he's helped me a little bit. Um, and there's been others. So it's just been, it's been great. The school's been great. And, you know, talking, being able to talk with coaches and players and, you know, 
it, it's been great and it's only going to get better with these new additions and um yeah so i like i said i live in utah about 30 minutes west of orem where utah valley is located so on the west side of utah lake oh okay cool yeah so raul said that he's been to utah valley orem provo is so nice and um yep I'll, I, be, I believe it. I mean, Utah yeah. on my list of, of places along with the rest of, um, you know, heading north to big sky country. Um, let's see here. John, don't worry. The whole broadcast will be on the socials. Don't worry. You'll see it. Um, let's see here. Longhorn says, thanks for taking time with us, Kyle. He also said, love the live format. Um, yeah, guys, we'll be doing this a lot more often now. I think this is our, this might be our, our new format because I think yeah. it's just more interactive and it's a lot more fun and it's working well having a guest on here this way too. And so I think it's really kind of going to be our new little thing here. So yeah, um, and honestly, we've kind of already been doing a video type format between Alex and I since we don't, <clears throat> a lot of times we're not together. It's easier to see each other's face so we know when we're both talking and yeah. And so it just kind of checks all the boxes that it's more interactive. Y'all get to see us and ask questions and absolutely see cool. what we're drinking since that's a common question. Yeah, everybody always likes to know what we're drinking. So as we tell, oh, so Jacqueline's drinking obviously an Austin East Cider. That's right, my with, favorite. Yeah, there we go. Pineapple. I'm drinking. Well, earlier I had a sangria one and it's really good. Fredonia Brewery, Hefeweizen, drink local. Shout out to my second job for Donia Brewery in Nacogdoches. Earlier, I was drinking a curb feeler, which this can is awesome. I love it. It's it's badass. Um, and yes, and said, and we get to see Jacqueline's cats. Yes. So quick, I'm crazy cat lady. I have three cats. I currently have five because I have two rescues. I'm trying to find homes for. Does anyone want a cat? <laughs> cat? And I have a kitten. Anybody wants a cat? Come I gotta find them I home. Dog, I have two dogs that would eat them up. So yeah. No. Yes, you need another cat. Let me know. I got yeah. two. Well, come, come get these cats at a Jacqueline's house. When I came to visit, when I went to visit her yesterday, like I walked in and it was literally crazy cat lady central, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> There's cats. I heard lots of like it sounded like a stampede of horses was going through here or random meows and stuff. They're just trying to kill each other. No big deal. They're all still alive. So. Oh, bless. Oh my gosh. Anyway, thank you so much, Kyle, for joining us. This has been Absolutely. great. All the whack info. I didn't know I could talk that much. So <laughs> almost two hours. Awesome. Hey, no, but it was great. I mean, and there's honestly so much more I'm sure we could talk about, but for the first time, I think this was great. And um, I, can't wait to do this again with you. Hell no on the cats. Two dogs is all I can handle. John. Yeah, I, I think I can handle one. John, I'm the same. I got one dog and five cats currently. Someone take these two yeah. cats. She has like a she has this patron saint bleeding heart for these freaking animals. And I I mean I love animals. I love dogs, but I cannot with the cats. If it's an outdoor cat, great. Kill all the rats, kill all the snakes, whatever, but not no, no, can't do it. <laughs> Anyway, but yeah, Kyle, we appreciate you taking your time out of your busy schedule to do this. And again, I can't wait to have more chats with you throughout the season, whenever season does start. Um, it's going to be exciting. I'm, I know Jacqueline and I are so excited. We mentioned it in the beginning of the podcast 
for all the new adventures we're going to be taking, all the new food we're going to be eating, at all the new places. We're such big foodies, and we love traveling. I have to do some research on that around here. There's only certain places I eat, so next time we talk, I'll have some research done about at least at least Orem area, Utah County area. Um, okay, good. People, but, you know. I just realized that is one of the questions that we missed was like, where are good, it was something like where are good places to stay and eat or whatever. And I know there's also, I think a Twitter account that's like whack eats. Uh -huh, yeah. yeah. So we'll have to just note that we know that question was asked and we will do a food segment on a, um, yep, absolutely. Episode, talk about that. So. Absolutely. Well, we thank you for having me in and, uh, yeah. I'm sure that we're going to be talking plenty before everything gets going. So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Longhorn Dead says food segment. Don't worry, Longhorn. We'll have an, we should do an entire Whack Eats segment with whoever's running the Whack Eats pod, uh, Twitter. Yeah. I don't know who's running it. They said it was the sister account for Southland Eats. So, I'm assuming it's the who, it's a Texas four school person, probably. Well, okay. I think that's, a, that's another thing. If we're going to do that, you need to get like, some of the writers from all over. I mean, the, the, the Chris, I can't even say his yeah. last name from the covers Dixie state. Um, you but know, yeah, he's been big on the wacky eats thing. So we would well, need a writer definitely from each school to tell us what the top places were in their city. Yep. Oh yes. We'll, we'll work on that. Don't worry. Yeah. Right. We'll have, Cause I think that is, I think, and then we should definitely do that before the season starts because that way, if there's anybody that's traveling this season, They'll know exactly where to go. And don't worry, we'll have a whole laundry list for Nacogdoches because whoever is out there, y'all need to come to Nacogdoches. We may be tiny, but man, we're mighty. And we got the food. And we, the got, we got the food. Got plenty nice. of beer. Nice. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, again, we'll say it one more time. Thank you, Kyle, so much. Roll said he'll watch two hours of food. <laughs> to be fair, same. Um Again, don't forget, guys, if you are just tuning in, we're about to log off, but follow us on Twitter at, you'll see it scrolling along the bottom there, pardon me, Alex. Daryl's not here because his internet is janky. Uh, and then Whack Hoops Digest. Make sure you follow us on all social media. And, of course, um, as always, Axum Jacks with Alex and Jax. Thanks, everybody.